Let's just put our hands together for Jesus and let's just thank God for the opportunity to be in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, I've just been delegated by my father, the presiding bishop, that I should just um, welcome our bishop, Bishop Charlo Kachunga, to come and minister the word unto us. Amen. And we are all ready. I'm just going to ask that I just all stand up as a sign of all honor and thanking God for the ministry that comes through the men of God. Can you come over? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Bishop. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. awesome God we have. I know some of you have been around church for a long time. Church is meant for times like this. Bonke met a man of God at a critical time. He prayed for him. But he didn't know it was a transfer. And I can go story after story. So there's a burden, there's a calling, there's work to be done. We heard God. Your dad and mom alone will never be able to pull it off. One, it demanded a higher anointing. Two, it required a public utterance to adjust the church. But three, it's a demand for an entire community to readjust the way we do church. I still maintain many people occupy position of authority without the reflex of an authority. So this is a crossroad, an important time where grace is looking into the future and see 40 coming up. It's a huge number. It's a critical one. And probably God is positioning this conference for that time. And we have to, we have to be sensitive to the move of God and the language of God. These are your fathers, your parents. Now, when God says publicly, a team have to become blended in one. Mature people understand where the work is. 
Anybody who have operated in the prophetic understand when God speaks, it's not for excitement. It's for, for warfare. It's for position. Because when God speaks, the biggest battle that we have to fight between now and the end of the assignment is the two to become neatly one. And that's your job, to pray and pray and pray. Because the calling is not at the level of grace any longer. It's an entire race that needs to be set free. So people have to understand that life is different. And then uh, themes jump up. A casual person will just go, ah, it's a cool theme for the year. But the more you become prophetic, the more you understand there's a sense of urgency. To tell you the truth, what frightens me in this theme for this year is the word while. While is a word of window. Windows open and they close. And you have to understand. While you are standing, I will ask us to read verse 4 of John 9. And then I will uh, let you sit and try to say a lot in this time. John 9, 4. Now the Bible says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. That's New King James Version. And there's a problem with that translation because the translation that is more accurate is not New King James. It's ESV, it's NIV, and I want us to read NIV for you to see something that King James missed in translation. And the reason why they missed it, it's not uh, that they didn't see, but they were so scared. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the translator, translator was scared because I'm also scared this afternoon. And the Bible says, as long as it is day. Come on, help me read. As long as it's day. No, 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 don't go tonight. That someone else will deal with night. Just let's camp on that one line. Let's read one more time. That's a very, very scary verse. The one who we sent is me. But those who work to work are we. 
We heard Dr. Gumbi talking about government. And he was lining up from heaven to family, and it goes down all the way to church. The danger in walking with God is not when God handles the matter by himself, but it's when God associates men to what God has to do. Now Jesus is caught up in this thing. The work is done. He's, he's angry because the family is suffering. The society is in disarray. People are, have a wrong perspective. This is chaos. It must be fixed. And in that moment he says, my mission is the fixing of problems. But my strategy is the bringing people into the mission. A lot. Remember Dagon? He was by himself with God in a temple. What happened to him? He fell three times until he could not fall anymore. It had to be broken, right? But have you ever asked, how did God end up in that temple? God was a prisoner of war. That's the truth. God was arrested in the middle of a war. That's how he ended up in the temple of Dagon. But when he was left alone, he proved that Dagon is no match. But why was God arrested for in the first place? Because God associated himself with you. Every time God brings us into the equation, it takes a big risk. We must do. And the people he's telling we must do are the people who had the wrong conclusion to the matter without even knowing. Because they go, hey, Dad have seen, mom have seen, something have gone down in a family. That's what this guy is blind. But to those people, God says, you don't get it. But this work, you're part of it. So, let me try and deal with this issue. Our work in this world, we may be seated. Now you begin to, to look at this text. It's, it's, it's a lot of text. Very, very heavy. Ntatengumbi said the heavenly government had to, to make a move and come on earth. And Jesus came to the work. But as he moves and begins to operate on planet Earth, he realizes people have to be included. We, together, must do the work that I was sent alone to do. It's my vision, it's my work, 
It's my mission, but you're my partners. If you thought why work is a big problem, I'll tell you why. Because there's always a correlation between our work and our understanding of what is at stake. Always. The more we understand, the better we work. The least we understand, the worse and shoddy job we do. Then this gang will reduce the whole mission to who's going to be at your right and left. Right? Who is the greatest? Now, you and I will think we have graduated because we're in 21st century from this pettiness. They are still there. I have seen people leave church because someone else is sitting where they used to sit. I have seen people bent up out of shape because they forgot to put the title in front of their names. I'm the first guilty one. Because every time you ask me what's your name, my name goes, I'm Bishop Chalo. Because if you remove Bishop, I lose me. So Bishop have to affirm. But what is ridic ridiculous with that kind of introduction is like someone saying, I'm Mechanic John. No normal person introduced himself as Mechanic John. I'm Gardner Timothy. I'm a housewife, so, you know, Serafina. I'm, I had to come up with a name that, you know, resonates. So it's in that space that Jesus is saying, while it's still possible, let's do what must be done. So, how should our work be in this world? Let me propose to us a number of things that probably I feel God asking us to do together as we join Him in this redemptive work, a work of emancipation, a work of liberation, a work that matters. But before I tell you that, let me tell you an anecdote. I had too much fun reading it, and I hope you will have fun hearing it. It's an Indian saying. You know, it's popular in India. And everything we cannot verify, we push it to India. <laughs> this is what people say in India. When a pickpocket meets a sand, all he sees are the pocket. Let me try again. I knew it will take time. When a pickpocket meets a saint, all he sees are the pocket. 
it will take time for you to sink. Because it takes depth. When an immature Christian meets the problem of this world, all he sees When a Christian lands a job, a well-paying job, all he sees, someone said money. Could be opportunity to move forward. It could be I did not get married for a long time, not because I never saw, but there was no lobola. This is my chance. The question you begin to ask yourself when you meet this world as a Christian, what do you see? May I suggest to us that from now on, let's see a service that brings about shalom. That's how it should be. That kind of work has a way of approaching it. Let me suggest to you what I think the Bible tells. Your first kind of work for you to be effective, for me to be effective in what God has asked us to do, we have to be diligent. Oh, thank you for that week, amen. I know, by, by now I know grace. I know grace, it takes time for you to warm up. But let me try again. It takes diligence for anything to change. Believe it or not, something has gone very wrong in my life. I used to have six-pack. They are all gone. I try my best. The best I can come up with is one. I'm on a huge project now, and I'm asking God, give me one and a half. <laughs> but because I stayed away from gymming and training and, you know, being in the fitness room for a long time, so when I recovered the road to, to the place... I had one trouble. I had no muscles to show. And that's not good for men. And to make it worse, where I was training, I had real men. With a biceps like your head. And I thought, I cannot remain behind. I will do something about it. And I start killing myself in a gym. <laughs> you know how it works. And I will go for days and I look, nothing changes. Actually, the muscles are becoming smaller. And I'm thinking something is wrong. Someone is bewitching me. Because I'm working hard, no result. Thank God for wisdom. Me being me, I went to see a personal trainer for a free advice. And I asked him, what's up with me? 
Because I lift those words. My muscles are not like those ones. Something is wrong in this gym. <laughs> and they said, there's nothing wrong with the gym. Something is wrong with this guy. And I said, okay, if it's this guy, can you fix me? So your problem is simple. You are not diligent. Oh, would you tell your neighbor your problem is simple? You are not diligent. No, especially if your neighbor doesn't talk to you, you know there's a spirit. You go, neighbor, I'm talking to you. Your problem is simple. You are not diligent. Then I have to understand, what do you mean by being diligent? He said, you don't build muscles by lifting heavy weights today, skip, come after two weeks and lift again. You're doing nothing. At 20 kilograms consistently is better than a 40 once in a while. church come on church i'm all by myself can someone help me a 20 kilogram consistently is better than 40 once in a while when jesus is saying we must do the work he's telling us don't be saviors of the world but find the little thing that you can do and do it every day Come on, come on. Society changes when the nobodies do the little bit all the time. Can you find something that you decide I will do all the time, every day, this one thing? That is the secret of work. You will become so good that the world will look for you. Have you realized that specialists are always paid more than generalists? And some people specialize in funny stuff. Is a specialist in toe. A toe? <laughs> he goes for seven years. He comes back to study a toe. Because he knows from time to time, people like us have problems with our toes. And he's waiting for us. You sing for 20 minutes, you leave something substantial. If God have to come to you today and say you specialize in what? What are you going to... Oh. What are you going to tell him? 
You yourself, you're a choir master. You yourself are an evangelist. You yourself are an intercessor. You yourself are a cleaner. You yourself are a community leader. You, you, everything you do and nothing is done properly. Could it be that you're suffering from the Charlo syndrome? That being in a hurry, I'm jumping on anything that is moving on that gym to lift so that I can build muscles. And muscles are not building. Because for muscles to build up, you need a smaller weight. Many times, anti-lactic acid begins to show up. You know, our muscles are breaking now to rebuild and become bigger. Church, government will look for us. If each one of us becomes very, very good at one thing. Diligence is the weakness in the body of Christ. That's why when we see people like Doc Ezekiel, we thank God. He was a teenager. He was around here. He's still around. Through it all, a ministry goes through the ups and downs, it's still around. No, what? Hey, 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 my time is it's very short. Don't, don't take my time. No wonder he has earned the right to sit in the front row. This is what I wanted to say. Now you can clap. Oh, my word, my word, my word, my word. I, I'm, I'm hearing TD Jakes. And T.D. Jake says, I am shocked. The stuff I'm preaching now, I was preaching them 28 years ago. And no one was coming to my meetings. But you know where we're going now? Diligence. If we church, we keep working, we keep doing the right thing to do, to do what you need to do, to do what you need to do, we end up making a mark. And when you make a mark, people will look for you. Now the question I'm asking you today, what is the one thing that you are very, very good at? That this world should look for you for? I tell a musician in the church all the time, when you go up to sing, people like us should never pick up a mistake. It's an insult on your career. You must be so good that only professionals pick up that you've made a mistake. That's why I will never stand behind the pulpit for someone to say, but today, Bishop, it wasn't really working. It must work. It's supposed to work. This is my stuff. He will tell you. My professor taught me, for every one hour of preaching, it requires minimum 10 hours of preparation. My professor taught me, if you cannot tell the people in 30 seconds what you'll tell them in one hour, you are not ready to tell it. 
My professor told me, never stand behind the pulpit and need not your message if haven't been prepared properly. Oh, silent night. I can see you with a file for 30 minutes of preaching. It shouldn't be. But you know what makes people that way? Diligence. The power of preaching is not the pulpit. It's the many years and many hours of on the knees, reading, praying, reading, praying, researching. That's the power of preaching. Church, we are the last tools that God has in his hand. He says, as long as it's day, because it's a window, we, you and I, must do the works of him who sent me. It is my vision, but I'm bringing you on board. Let's be diligent. It's only in the body of Christ that you're impressed with some people. Do you know that your body functions in a funny way? That the part of your body, we will never know they do exist. But they do. I have presided to more than a thousand weddings. And when we do the vows, we always allow a man or a girl to say something to, to the partner because this is the beginning of a journey. I have never heard a man say, your livers are so beautiful that I had to marry you. That when I thought about your pancreas, I thought I cannot be this wife. But you know what? That nose you fell in love with, those ears you fell in love with, those eyes, tender eyes you fell, you fell in love with, they can be chopped off. Your wife will be alive. But remove your pancreas and see what will happen to you. That's the mystery of the body of Christ. <laughs> they are public, glamorous ministries. But there are certain things that if you don't do them, the kingdom will never go forward. Let me move quickly. When Jesus said, we must do. He knows what you have to do, but you and I, we have to know what to do. The first thing we're learning, we have to learn to be diligent, right? The second thing, we have to use our gifts and talent. Are you with me? Play to your strength. You know, Bishop Son is a very, very... He's a Christian. This is a real Christian, you know, a proper one. Uh, even when you do something wrong, he will not tell you you did something wrong. Uh, he will encourage you. Uh, you meant well. Uh, you know, so it wasn't your intention. You know, so those, those are saved. Some of us, we don't go that way. We just go, what is this now? <laughs> 
But there's one time that our presiding bishop didn't behave as a Christian. It's when he heard me sing. <laughs> I saw my friend going, mm. <laughs> Hey, grave, you cannot sing. I knew what he meant. Keep quiet, keep preaching. Now, to tell you the truth, my biggest desire is to do what Ntatsem Gumbi did. Preach a bit. Oh, I want it. I really want it with all my heart. But the truth is, it's not there. What do I do? I'm doing a singless preaching. <laughs> or sing-free preaching. Because that's me. That's me. Would you ask your neighbor, neighbor just quietly, what are you good at? <laughs> All right. You, ve you worry me very much. If you take 10 minutes to explain what you're good at, you're not good at anything. You cannot be good at 10 things. I'm good at singing. I'm good at preaching. I'm good at stealing. No. No, no, no. Do one. Two. To the maximum three. Very well. Now imagine with me. Just imagine. If some of you are so good at raising funds, and you come to the bishop, you say, my thing, wherever I go, even if money was under the mattress. No, 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 I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know. We will fund it. He will come up with a vision. You will never have to struggle for provision. The sheer number of people in our church here, we should be able to do 10 times more than what we do. I know we have an excuse. We are in a black community. We are servicing poor people. I drove when you were already here. I saw your cars. They don't look like black people's cars who are struggling. Because there are many be my wife outside. You know be my wife, BMW, right? I saw some Holy Trinity outside. You know Holy Trinity? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Mercedes. I saw them there. If you can afford a 1,4 million, 1,8 million, 2 million rent car, surely you can afford some significant offering in this church. You know why? Because we don't have anointed people in that area who stand up to speak and people move. I went to a church and this guy is a nice guy. I'm not mentioning his name. Every time I go, he will be pushing my trolley at the airport and, and I will send him to buy stuff for me. And he goes, 
Yes, yes, Bishop. Yes, I'll come. I'll do it. And then one day they asked me, do you know the guy? I go, oh, yeah. Then the guy asked me, do you know? Now, when they ask you if you know someone you think you know, you don't know him. <laughs> then I go, uh, tell me more. Say, our church has 120 millionaires. Is the richest of all of them. His company alone gives $1 billion tithe per year. I stopped sending him. <laughs> this is what God is teaching us. Today what the Lord is saying, we have strength that we don't think that strength. You cannot be turning around companies and the most amazing strategists. When you come to church, there's no strategy to turn around our church. If you work for the bank, the only thing the bank can do is to put a statue of money. But if you work for the church, the church will take people into eternity. Amen. Find your gift. Find your talent. Amen. Bring them to the, on board. Amen. And tell the Lord, we must do the works. Amen. You, Jesus, do the salvation thing on the cross. I will do the strategy stuff. Amen. You, Jesus, do the salvation there. I will kick every demon out of this place. You, Jesus, do the salvation stuff. I'll do the praise and worship stuff. You, Jesus, do this in my sports arena. I will become such an influence that the top players will go to their knees to pray to Jesus. Where are our gifts and talents? So now I'm learning. I must be diligent. Now I'm learning. I must discover my gift and talent and use it to the maximum. But the third thing I'm learning, I must check my attitude. Oh, oh, oh my word. Here we go. I knew, I knew it. That would be your biggest problem. While you're doing it, what is your attitude? Jesus is going, this is my father's business. I must do it. You too have to have that attitude that if, me, no, if not me, who else? Our last born is there. My son amazes me. You know, uh, we do work and sometimes my work is, is just too demanding. And people will back off because of the demand of work. But all of us, only one word. Dad, leave it. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try.
I'll try. I'll try. Dream with me for one minute. If we can tell our Heavenly Father, the task is hard, but leave it to us. We will try. Oh! We will try. 39 years ago, a young man, only 22, not knowing what church business is all about, he said, God, if you need a pastor, I will try. I will try. All he did was to try. Today, look what the Lord has done. I joked about it. Uh, it's an old problem. So I'm invited in this huge, huge conference, and then uh, I had to do devotion. So I preach. It's a leader stuff. And I feel good about myself. I, I just thought, okay, I, I gave my best. And as I move from the pulpit, An apostle was standing, sitting in front, front row, stood up to, to greet me and listen to his greetings. He goes, you've tried your best, even if you didn't tell us anything new. Oh, let me try this side. He comes to me after preaching. He goes, you've tried your best even if you didn't tell us anything new. Now, 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 I felt hurt for a little bit. But as I'm driving home and I go, in fact, he didn't say something wrong. It's, it's okay. Because my job is not to bring something new. It's to try my best. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Your job, your attitude should be, Father God, I don't have something new to bring, but I'll try my best. And if every member of the church begins to try his best, we will give a headache to the devil. I'll try my best. I'll try my best. I'll try my best to be a decent child in my family. I'll try my best to be clean at my workplace. I'll try my best to not steal what doesn't belong to me. I'll try my best. All we are doing is to try our best. Now I'm learning that Jesus takes a gamble. When he says, the window is closing. But while it's still open, you and I must do the job. God gave it to me, but I'm inviting you. So because of that privilege, I will be diligent. Because of that privilege, I will have to bring my gift and my talent and say, I can do this. But because of that privilege, I can only try my best. Number four, I'll get you out of your misery now. 
I'm learning that attitude alone is not enough. As I join Jesus Christ in this endeavor of doing work that is honorable, the next thing I have to check are my motives. Oh, tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm I'm feeling a spirit, a strange spirit next to me. The next thing, you know, forgive me, yesterday, you know, you know, uh, I look better today, right? Even yesterday, you know, they fixed me before coming, uh, and, and, and I felt good about myself, you know, powder and all these things, you know, so. Then, when the anointing came, I forgot, and I'm pulling, and I go, oh, my word, I shouldn't. So to them, just... The fourth thing that makes the church weak in our service and our work are motives. Have you ever asked yourself, why are you doing what you are doing? What is driving you to do it? I have lived long enough in church. I know people who pray long to impress. Have you been in churches where when the, when the leader says stop, the voice now goes up? <laughs> Sister, you were quiet. Now they're stopping us. What happened? Would you ask your neighbor, why are you doing what you're doing? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. There's a spirit of revelation right now. Discernment of spirit. Why are you doing what you're doing? And if nobody knew that you're doing it, will you still do it? Actually, your level of prayer is what when you pray, knowing that nobody knows you're praying. And many prayer warriors, they are prayer warriors in public, but midgets in private. How can you do a private prayer for five minutes and when you come to church, you want to impress us with two hours? Have you ever given and you make sure that nobody will ever know until I die that I gave? Most of us, we we go spiritual. It didn't even cross my mind as I was praying. I felt prompted by the Spirit to do a big donation to the church. Who needs it? Who wants to know that you're prompted? Can't you do a big donation that nobody knows that you did? Do you know why Judas became very angry at Jesus? His expectation was dashed. I told you last time, Judas was not a bad guy. He was just a disappointed guy. Because he thought this is our chance to get those Romans out 
and establish ourselves. And Jesus is going, you will eat my flesh. And I go, what? I didn't join to eat your flesh. I... <laughs> Can you be demoted from your title in church and still come? If the presiding bishop decides today you are not an elder anymore, will you still come? the church is quiet I love it when it's quiet I love it when it's quiet because it helps us think our work are always spoiled if our motives are wrong we can build churches for Jesus for the glory of the pastor He was on, on Zoom. We're talking with our pastors. Why do we all want to have mega churches? Why? Mega has nothing to do with God. Mega has to do with your ego. That when they mention big dogs, I'm also part of them. But if your calling is to pastor only 20 people, will you still be okay? We make it hard on ourselves. Because there are some people well-meaning, but they're crazy. They give announcement, uh, these two rows are for the big pastors. And what they mean by big pastors, people who are driving big cars and have big numbers of people. And here's a guy in a rural area where there are only 100 people and he has a church of 20, he feels so small because it doesn't match up. And we go look for Muti to grow the church of Christ. How can you look for Muti to make Jesus popular? tell you never it's okay chill it's it's fine it's fine you know i said it last time jokingly i'm closing now i am perfectly happy that my friend is a mega church super super happy because from time to time i tell people that guy and me That guy me. And I don't even call his church. I say our church. <laughs> our church in Soweto. <laughs> Why should I go kill myself? Look, I give you a secret, you know, with, with all due respect, my, my bishop, with all due respect. I know you Orlando Pirate have to respect that, but with all due respect. Why should I lose A when I know a mega church cost somebody this way. When I knew him, he had the afro. And the more members are coming, the less hair he has. Come on. 
want to keep my hair until I die. Therefore, give me a large church, give him a mega church. And from time to time, I preach for him and I tell the people, him and I. And the last thing. Are you learning something? The key in that verse is we and me. It is my thing. But remember the ark. God left to himself. He can do a good job. But in association with people, he takes major risk. Now I'm taking risk on you. Peter, John, James, Bartolomeo. All of you, I'm taking risk with you because your understanding is so low. But he will trust you with this work. Therefore, we must do the work that was given to me. And I'm not asking you to be the savior of the world. But be diligent. Find out what I've gifted you with. Use it. Three, let your attitude be of trying your best. Four, check your motives. This thing is not about self-promotion. It's kingdom stuff. But five and last, check your priorities. Who comes first? God or you? Let me finish with this. I cannot finish with uh, like that a gumbi with a good song. But I can finish with a good verse. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our sins as you do forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Because to you alone belongs honor, glory, and power forever and ever. Your will be done in priority. When I serve, it's not about me. It's about you. God bless you. Have you all...